All right, what is up, Fourth Wave Coffee listeners? We are jumping into a new three-week series. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little three short episodes. We figured it'd be either one really, really long episode or three shorter ones where we can kind of dive into the three different main coffee processes. Um, Caleb, what are these three main coffee processes? Three main ones are natural, washed, and honey processed. We'll cover each one of those in a different episode. Yeah. And today it is, you've just got Caleb and I to listen to and to tickle your ears and uh, make you feel special as you listen to us talk about natural processed coffee and what makes it so unique, why it's done, um, what it is, some of our favorite coffees, um, and maybe some of the main notes, but we'll really let Caleb mm-hmm. kind of guide our thoughts today because he took lead on all this um, the natural research. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, natural process is something I I was not very familiar with, to be honest with you. Um, I feel like it's a little more rare with coffee these days, uh, especially just like mm. the direction the world is going and the things that people have at, like more places have access to to different processing machines and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, I'll get into that a little later. But um so I think it's just something I, I'm, I'm not gonna say it's dying out, but it's it's definitely something that's a little more rare to find is a is a natural mm. processed coffee, um, and I think that's also just the the flavor that comes with the natural processes is, is a little more harsh and a little less a ca- little less catered to the wider world, but um, pretty much the basics of um, washed co- or of a natural coffee is once they are uh, picked, like once the, the coffee is picked from the tree or the mm-hmm. plant or wherever, um, they're, they're placed in just on these, like typically they're raised drying beds. Um, mm-hmm. And they put the fruit still yeah, on, right? fruit still on it. Just, they just take the cherry and they just put it on this bed and they let it dry out. Usually for, if I think I saw four to six weeks, like it's, it, yeah. it's, it's a good bit. Um, and they, they constantly move it around just so you know, it doesn't rot, doesn't rot or or get, like crazy. Yeah. Rot or get, or get too dry. Too, I guess. Too funky. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, as, as the, that's where like the fermentation of the coffee comes from. Cause which I didn't re- I didn't really realize this that all, all coffee is fermented a little bit just whatever process it mm-hmm. goes through. Um, so in in natural process, it's fermented in the cherry. So that's how, mm-hmm. that's how it's like mo- most natural process. That's how you get a lot of like the fruit forward notes, and it's super. It's it's pretty pretty like you could equate it. You could say boozy is. It's it's very like it makes very boozy coffee because it's all super concentrated inside. Like all the whole fermentation process is super concentrated inside that cherry 
rather than mm-hmm. just through a sitting in water with a bunch of other ones. Um, yeah. And you're kind of like to some degree, like, cause it's a fruit. So it's like mm-hmm. soaking up. And when you think about like eating an apple, yeah, all the flavor is in, you know, like the meat and like mm-hmm. eating the skin, like eating, not eating the seed of it. Yeah. But with coffee, we're like roasting and brewing the seed. And so if we were to like process it with the fruit still on it, mm-hmm. it's going to absorb all those like extra flavors yeah. and extra um, tasting notes. And so I always think of natural, like, man, I'm really getting like mm-hmm. all of these extra things in there, which can lead to like a really, really good cup, but also sometimes a really funky yeah. cup. Like you'll get some really weird stuff in there. And I think that's why, um, you're probably gonna talk about this later, mm-hmm. but I think that's why a lot of people are kind of moving away to yeah. it because it's a little harder to control versus some of these new mm-hmm. processes that they're doing like anaerobic and yeah. other stuff. Um, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, once they, once they dry them on these beds and kind of keep moving them around, um, for six weeks then um they take them to a or some places some processing places have like a mill and they'll just stick them in that mill and move them all around and depulps them it it depulps it for them um but some places um they don't they can't just have access to that kind of equipment or things like that so they just depulp them by hand and they'll they have loads of workers just grabbing them and taking the, taking the skin off and taking the terry off and taking the seed out and and sorting Mm -hmm. them and whatnot. Um, and I guess from what you, Mm. sorry, I'm I'm going to ask this question. You probably were going to approach it later, but this was a thought that came up. I was like, if anyone's listening and they had this question, it'd probably Mm -hmm. be a good question now. Um, from what you read, is there like, one region more than others that we see washed process or like a few different regions. Yeah. Yeah. So the main regions that you see natural process is like typically the African regions. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really, really comes down to mostly access to water. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, wash process the whole, you're, you're keeping them in these huge, things of water for so long uh, Mm -hmm. that that if you just don't have great access to clean water, then, then you're not going to use that for the coffee. You're going to use it to drink. Um, Yeah. So you see, you see a lot of these, um, like I, I pull out some old coffee bags that I had um, and three out of the five of them are Ethiopians. Uh, Oh yeah. Then, then they're all, they're natural processed. Um, Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, like, like, and you, you see a lot more Ethiopians coming up with wash process. But as I, I was, I was looking through all of my bags of coffee. Most of the Ethiopians were indeed natural processed, and um, yeah, and I think I think that come that really does come back to their environment and where they're at and how much water yeah. they can get. And I wonder if it even has to do with like maybe um, if some of these farms and processing stations are really, really high up on a mountain, Mm -hmm. if it's 
also just harder to get water up there, yeah. whether yeah. they don't have as sophisticated like um, water pumping mm-hmm. services or something. Yeah. And so like if they were to do that, they would have to like carry water mm-hmm. really high up these mountains to get that to yeah. them. And they're like, yeah, not worth it. Um, we believe in the product that we have already of this natural processed coffee and just do it the traditional way probably for their people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not mad about it. No. It leads to a great cup sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I can't remember where I saw this, but one of the articles is just talking about um, the like environmentally friendly aspect of like the different types of coffees and oh yeah and i mean i guess they're right like it it is definitely way better like natural process is probably the best one just for the environment and um and that's just i guess that's just not something i think yeah here it is on spruge.com they say um like natural process uses has lower equipment costs mm-hmm. and uses way less water yep. and way less energy. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say it's not something that a lot of people in the coffee industry think about, but I, I feel like most of the conversations about um, environmental, environmentally friendly and things like that. Comes yeah. Down and sustainability. To like, and, yeah. Sustainability. Yeah. And uh, like, being fair to different workers and like ethical, like sustainability and things like that. And, and we don't necessarily think about, okay, like there's these places that like they're using a ton of water when maybe mm-hmm. they shouldn't all the time for their, for their wash coffees. Cause you know, they're just, they're less likely to have water for drinking. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I bet, I think, we'll get to this in another week, but Mm -hmm. wash process while it uses might way more water is way easier. Um, like I think it takes up less room Mm -hmm. probably to dry that much coffee when it's been depulped and you're also not having to like Mm -hmm. probably turn it as frequently like what you were talking about. It probably doesn't have to dry as long. The there it's probably lower like, uh, reactivity or like, chances of it getting mold Mm -hmm. uh, kind of those things that you mentioned so i bet it's like harder to do natural process um from the perspective of the farmer and processor um and so those people who've like got it down to a science and they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. it's probably no big deal you were to bring them water they were like why would we do this yeah but the other people it's probably like we have water why would we do this i mean i'm i'm sure that like these farms that do just natural processing is probably Mm -hmm. so many more workers because especially if they do it by hand they're gonna have to have people to take out all those cherries all the time by hand and it'll you're gonna need a lot because that's you're doing it's a a lot of coffee at a time yeah two two little beans per cherry you know um yeah and think about a, a full bag of coffee that's that's so many that is a lot of beans um 
Yeah. I remember we had a trivia question last season about how many beans are average in a bag of coffee, but yeah, and our science and yeah. math was off, but you know, we'll forget about that. It's okay. But a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot. Um, but then thinking about how many cheer, how many beans are in like the burlap sacks mm-hmm. that like the roasters get. Yeah. Um, like that's a ton all coming from the same farm and same processing stations. And so, yeah, that requires a ton of workers. And I guess that also brings to the point, like one thing I noticed when, when looking stuff up that the, the natural processed coffees, they tend to cost a little higher, especially the Ethiopian mm-hmm. ones, but cost a little higher than the washed for at least from what I saw. And I, and I think it's cause I mean, like take Ethiopia, for example, those are a little more expensive anyway, cause they're picking them off the tree and, Mm-hmm. They have to do it by hand, and the, and it's it's a lengthy process because they're all just like grown out in the wild. Um, but then you have to like let it sit and tend to it for weeks, and yeah. you have to once it's done doing that, you have to tend to it and take all the cherries off. And yeah, there's there's I think most places have mills, but especially the ones that go by hand. It, just it's going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that'll, that'll bump it up too. It's just how much it takes. Yeah. Uh, and then supply and demand is like, if they're a really successful farm and they're busy and like more crop is requested, but they don't have that much, then their price just goes mm-hmm. up. And if there's less and less people doing natural process and they're still hanging on to it, then yeah, the price is just going to reflect that. So it's, it's almost like we're moving into this like new age, I guess. Yeah. Like processing, but like, it's just not necessarily feasible for everyone to do. It may not be like they don't want to do it. It's just not a lot. It's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm interested to see kind of where that goes. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about the sustainability side of it, not necessarily from the planet's perspective, mm-hmm. but yeah. people perspective, the farmers have to make money. Mm-hmm. The farmers have to pay their, well, like the, the owner has to make money. Well, the owner has to pay the farmers mm-hmm. and the farmers have to do all this work. And probably by the end of the season, when they've, done everything and their their job is done yeah they don't look at all the money they made and go hmm how can i invest in a new processing method they yeah. probably go okay now i can live off of this money mm-hmm. for the rest of the year yeah. kind of thing and so and when you i think when we look at it from that perspective it makes me go yeah they're probably not really worried about what two random guys and Texas <laughs> would rather drink or want to try yeah. and are going to just stick with what's good for their family and what's good for their people. I mean, because like if they so, can keep making money off of it and keep living, not, not even like yeah. turning major profit, just like being able to exist, you know, yeah. um, then I, I completely understand just not wanting to yeah. switch it around so quickly. Um, and, and I'm definitely looking at this from an American's perspective. And there's like a whole other world mm-hmm. out there that drinks all, all this coffee too. So I just don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure like what percentage of the world prefers like natural or washed. I don't know. 
I don't know if there's been a study on that, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. And I know natural is probably more popular in like the third wave sphere mm-hmm. of craft. And, and yeah. so, yeah, that's super fascinating. Yeah. Um, do you have any more big thoughts on the process, how it works or anything like that before, uh, maybe we can delve into our favorite types of some natural coffees we've had in the past. No, I was probably just going to go into like what, what things are made like highlighted in like what flavors yeah. are highlighted in that yeah. coffee too. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. Tell me about that. So like I was saying earlier, like it's the fermentation is so like concentrated in the cherry that a lot of like the bold flavors come out rather than like washed where a lot of them were like, like subtle complex flavors, like, like pop, you get, you get a lot more of that like wine, like tasting rather than like the acidity that you would get in a wash. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I said, they're pretty, they're pretty bold. Like they're kind of, kind of boozy in a way. Uh, yeah. uh, That's where that's like kind of the, the feet earlier i thought you said bougie but now that i've heard you say that again and say boozy that makes so much more sense yeah that's what it is boozy um yeah like and and that's where you get a lot of like the the stronger like berry kind of notes yeah like a lot of them being Mm -hmm. super blueberry forward yeah yeah um so i just got a few here that i was that I found that I was kind of thumbing through. Um, my favorite one was from Obadiah Roasters in Scotland. Um, it's a it's a natural Ethiopian from the Sadamo region. Um, super fruity, uh, pretty decently chocolatey, but that's that's more of like the subtle note in this one. Um, and, and what I kind of realized with some of these coffees is I, I prefer a more like immersion kind of brew. Like, mm-hmm. so I, like with a natural coffee, I would rather do like an inverted arrow press or use a press yeah. or something. Cause I think that helps concentrate some of those like bolder flavors. Uh, yeah. Rather than trying to highlight yeah. some of those like really subtle fruity ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I used to be real big, um, probably my later days at Joe Pine when I was really like inwardly hoping that they would move to like V60s mm-hmm. and aero presses yeah. and a little more, uh, quote unquote slow bar. Yeah. Um, and was really big into like, I would get coffee and then I'd brew it every single way that I could in my house and be like, this is the best way to make this coffee and like coming up with an algorithm. But I haven't done that. And you speaking of that now, like, Oh, this is the way I prefer to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. most of the time I go, okay, I, I look at it and I'll make it in my office one day. Cause my pour over setups there, make a V60 with a bag. And I'll turn around and I'll make a AeroPress with a bag. And then I might take a Ziploc bag home and make an espresso with it. And then I go, okay, after three days, what's the best way that I'm going to keep doing this? And I don't really think about it. I just go, what did I like the most? Um, 
but yeah, I can definitely see how like a inverted arrow press would be really pull those mm-hmm. notes out, especially like fringe press that they're a little more like hyper focused and yeah. going to be a little more on the forward note of it. Yeah. And one, one coffee that I have here, I mean, we've talked about this in multiple other podcasts, uh, the Mojiana from Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never like, I don't know why I just never connected the two until five seconds ago. Um, that's a, that's a yeah. natural process from Brazil, which I think is, is interesting. Um, yeah, that's that's not mainly what you see from. Yeah, a lot of Brazil coffees are washed. Mm-hmm. A lot of the South American coffees are washed just because they have better access to stuff like that. I mean, they're right on the water too. Um, but I I realized I always liked making that more in a French press or like my switch where I can emerge and brew mm. it. And I just figured I was like, oh, yeah. you know, maybe it's just it's just because Brazilian, da da da. But it's probably also because it's a natural processed and yeah, and and it's those super deep flavors come out better in a in an immersion brew. Yeah, I remember the very first natural process coffee I had. I can't remember the name of it, but I know it was from Tweed, and I know the label mm-hmm. um, was like this light green. Um, and I remember drinking it, and it was so lime mm. forward and really like wine back end yeah. kind of um, mouthfeel mm-hmm. and being like so shook by it. Yeah. And it was like also super, super early in my coffee drinking mm-hmm. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, most of the coffees that I were drinking were like, washed mm-hmm. or some honey process yeah or really just a lot of blends like i was drinking a lot of cottonwood yeah, from, yeah. uh brown because that's what i was like okay i like cottonwood i'm just gonna drink cottonwood and then we got this coffee in from tweed and i remember brewing it just in the like main dripper uh, like the batch brew, mm-hmm. and just being absolutely shook mm. and then i was like okay i'm buying a bag of this and i'm gonna go take it home and brew it every way I can there. Yeah. So yeah, I, that one, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, I have a distinct memory with a coffee of it's from equator coffees. It's an Ethiopia Sadama Ardi. Um, and it's, it's natural. And this is maybe about a year ago. I at the, I guess the beginning of this year, I got this coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I brewed it a couple times with a V60, and I was like, okay, it's good. Like, I didn't really notice anything crazy. Then I tried it with an inverted arrow press. And then once I did that, one of the, one of the big taste one of the, one of the taste notes is sweet lemon. And that thing was like, it like slapped me in the face. Yeah. How lemony it was. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I like, mm-hmm. I like, uh, Josiah was in the music building, so I like ran in the music building. I was like, "Yo, Josiah, try this!" And I was, <laughs> it was it was so good. And it was just kind of wild, yeah. How, like just changing the brew method itself, um, yeah, completely changes the flavor. Yeah, and some of these, like I had last week, I went to uh, what was the coffee shop you recommended in Denton? Oh, West Oak. West Oak. They do single origin espresso. Yeah. 
and their single origin was an Ethiopian, I think, whoosh, whoosh, mm. uh, single, uh, well, not wash, natural process. Yeah. And I went, oh, you do single origin espresso? And he goes, yes, sir. And I went, could you happen to throw some ice in there and some water in there as well? And he goes, so you want our single origin espresso, but iced Americano? I went, you betcha. <laughs> and he said, well, I have to charge you the single origin espresso price. I said, that's what I want you to do. And I got it. And dude, it was so good. Cause mm. it like, you know how like a lot of times with like blend espresso and this isn't bad. This is a flavor I love, but it, like you kind of can describe it as dirty water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, it too. I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's not like a bad flavor. It's just that's, I think, the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Well, this did not taste anything like dirty water. Like, mm -hmm. sure, it was still an iced okay. Americano, but it genuinely tasted like a fruit tea. Mm. And because, like, it was so fruit forward, but then it was espresso, so it was, like, super compact, like, like they were like hyper focused flavors, and then I just leveled it out with some water and ice, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Maddie, can you please try this?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> but <laughs> the same experience where I was like, "I have to share this with someone." So it's a, it's okay. I'll I'll be in Denton in about a month, a little less than a month. So I'll uh, you can try it. I'll try it when I'm there. Yeah, hopefully I'll have nice. the Ethiopian still, but. Yeah. Were there any other memorable uh, natural process coffees that you think? Um, I mean, my – I don't want to say it's not memorable because of the flavor, but it's just this was my first like like specialty bag of coffee that I bought, and it was the Ethiopian Whoosh Whoosh from Silver Grizzly. Oh, I was just about to mention that one. And in uh, that – that one was like that. That was my main one, you know, like for a while, just because like I really liked it, and um, I quite, I quite enjoyed the flavor, and you know, it just brings up memories of like me getting into coffee. You know what I mean? So, yeah, cool. Well, um, we're almost at this thirty-minute mark. Let's spend the last mm -hmm. three or four minutes. Do you have any other? final comments on natural processed coffee. Um, and then we'll ask what's in the bag and we'll talk about what's next for th the fourth wave. Yeah. I think just summarizing it for, for home, home, home users, which I guess we cater to most of the time. Um, yeah. The, the biggest, the biggest things are that it's, Natural processed coffees are super bold and can get pretty funky, but um, yeah. brewing it in like a with an uh, immersion brew, like a French press, is the way I would go personally. So, yeah, cool, yeah, and, and I would second that. I think think that way is great. Um, and don't I think don't get scared of the natural process. Run to them; they're great. They're good. Don't run from the price tag. Go to it. <laughs> Treat yourself. Cool. Yeah, facts. Well, Caleb, what do you got in the bag this week? What you brewing? So I got I got a couple over here right now. Let me, let me look at them. Um, one's from Brown. It was actually when I went to the roastery uh, and talked to Taylor for a bit. He gave me a little parting gift, just a little little tin yeah. of uh, of which a washed Ethiopian, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. It, it's been it's been really good and, and super like floral kind of notes on it. Um, I, I've really enjoyed like the clean crispness of it. Uh, and then this other one, my, my parents brought me some from uh, Cat and Cloud Coffee. Ooh, uh, nice, yeah. It's a Guatemalan. Um, pretty light. Uh, gives me some good some good chocolateiness to it that I really enjoy. Yeah. So. I just kind of I've been switching between those depending on how I'm feeling in the moment. So nice, yeah. Well, when we were in Austin last week, mm. we went to Houndstooth, mm. and you know, we saw Tweed, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, "I don't have any coffee at the house. I'll grab a bag of Tweed, even though they're literally in Dallas." Yeah, and yeah. so. I saw the Mbachi family Katura mm-hmm. um, from Colombia. It's a wash coffee, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds great!" And so I grabbed it, and dude, it is so good. It's like it's super, super like orange mm. citrusy, but like oh, like a orange lollipop type thing, like yeah. or like an orange cane. It's super sweet and orange. Um, and I actually made it on uh, espresso mm. yesterday morning. I brought the bag home and used it there and turned it into an iced Americano. And that was one of those things of like, it was like drinking if there was like a, it was like someone had thrown an orange um, Jolly Rancher, mm. even though there's not an orange, or an orange airhead yeah, yeah, yeah. into like an iced Americano. Oh. And it was like, super good yeah. so yeah I, i've enjoyed it but cool well uh that was this week next week we'll, we'll we will delve into the nuances of the honey process mm-hmm. somewhere in between washed and, and natural and uh, really get into that and i'm excited about that conversation to learn more about that yeah um and i've enjoyed the natural process because i think i'm one who who can get scared of it and kind of yeah. shy away. And like, towards... You know, but this is safe. You know, the wash. Yeah, dude. I am a simp for wash coffees. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> like even like roasting, I prefer roasting wash coffees. Hmm. They're easier. And, but yeah, get... I, even after, after this conversation, like I feel challenged hmm. to go and like order, um, a b- big old batch of, uh, <laughs> natural process and try to roast it and make something great out of it so we'll see what my credit card does this afternoon (laughs) but i enjoyed it i hope everyone listening did too and we will see you guys on the next one bye bye